Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior and accomplished professional from USA, Mr. Ed Hansen. Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Ed is the partner and chair of Digital Transformation and Managed Services and Outsourcing Group. Uh, for Nelson Mullins. So Ed, uh, before we start talking about transformation, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Well, I I got started professionally, at least in this business in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. One of my first clients that I ever had was going through a massive re-engineering effort. Now, if you recall the 1990s, they were doing crazy re-engineering where they were they were turning management upside down. They were having directors managing vice presidents and all this stuff, trying to get trying to get major business transformation. So I got very familiar very early on with the emotional aspects of transformation. Mm-hmm. Of course, these vice presidents weren't that happy having managers managing them on teams. Correct. So that's how I got started in this. Now, over the years, what I learned, you know, doing this, having had clients. For many many years so what would happen is i would get with a client and i would stay with them for 20 years mm-hmm. and i i actually work with clients now that i was working with black you know back in the 90s wow yeah well the nice thing about that is you know 1998 1999 you didn't have procurement groups that actually knew how to do any of this kind of work mm. so i got a lot of experience working from way before the rfp went out mm. right through the contract expiration and I learned some things because I got to work with the client on a daily basis, working through the challenges that they had mm-hmm. doing this kind of work with third parties. Mm-hmm. What I learned was that the contract is one of the least important things that you have. Correct. Making one of these work mm-hmm. really makes it work is the relationship that you develop between the parties. Mm-hmm. And the process of coming to the contract is much more important than the contract itself. Mm-hmm. So over the years, I've kind of developed that when uh, about 10 years ago, my partner Val and I started working together and we really started to focus on the humanistic aspects of what was required to sort of enable these transformations. Mm. That's how I basically got to where I am now. Very interesting. And, you know, when I was reading about you, you state that you specialize in helping organizations who are using a third-party transformation partner build that relationship during the full deal cycle and establish an environment that encourages transformation. Help me understand what you do, and please give me an example. Okay, so this is going to be a fairly long answer. Sure. So feel free to interrupt me as I'm going. Okay. (laughs) If if, if I get too too long-winded into this. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think what people, when people think of transformation, they're really they're usually talking about what we call level three transformation. Um, level three transformation is basically I'm going to change from waterfall to agile. I'm going to I want to have an uh, an an ERP system that works, right? That's the end game. Level three transformation and people work. They focus on that. What they miss is the level two and the level one transformation. I'm going to bring it. I'm, I'm going to work backwards. Mm. So level two transformation is around alignment. Correct. 
And I think one of the one of the problems that we have right now is that people don't truly understand alignment. Mm-hmm. And so if 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 I come to you and I say, will, will you do X for me? And you say, yes. And I say, how much? And you say $100,000. Mm. That's not alignment. That's agreement. Mm. Not the same thing. Correct. And unless I ask you the next question, which is, why do you want to get to X? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and you say for $100,000, I have the wrong transformation partner. Mm-hmm. Right, because that $100,000, money is the worst alignment vehicle that you can possibly have in something like this right right what you want to have is you want to have a joint purpose and it doesn't have to be for the same reason mm. right so you may want to you know i may be doing an erp implementation in an industry that you've never been in before mm. well you want to do the successful erp implementation too but not necessarily for the same reason that i want to do it you want to do it to get into that market mm. maybe you're in the market that i'm in and you want to in- increase market share or even better you know that i'm going to be a difficult transformation partner mm-hmm. you know in the market if you can talk about helping us transform you can help anybody transform correct right now that's alignment mm. now alignment is tricky because in order to get alignment you have to understand collaboration and that's not an easy thing either because people fundamentally don't know how to collaborate right and it's funny, I went to a collaboration conference, believe it or not, there's such a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> well, it was actually a conference in the industry, but they, the the theme of this conference was all around collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, out of 25 or 30 different talks that I listened to, mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything that would have allowed anybody to be successful in, in collaboration. Mm-hmm. We talked about team building they talked about going on retreats where you uh where you fall over backwards and you let somebody else catch you and you know that kind of stuff Mm. that's not collaboration collaboration is understanding how to build an environment where people can talk to each other Mm. in what can oftentimes be a very difficult way Mm. this is not necessarily a a, a pleasant process correct it should be a very rewarding process Mm. So, Ed, what comes first, collaboration or transformation? Collaboration. Okay. Without a doubt, it has to be collaboration. Mm. The problem is that if you don't have collaboration first Mm. and you have transformation, all that's happening at the transformation level is you're just basically complying with a set of specs. Mm. If you're going to build the foundation to have true transformation, you have to go through level one and level two. Mm. You know, and, and... and a good indication of that is mm. that these deals have a very, very high rate of failure. Mm. Mm. Like between, I mean, I've heard numbers as high as 84%. Okay. So we're doing, so, so you know, this is appalling, right? It's absolutely appalling that people mm. are doing this work mm. and they're failing 84% of the time. Mm. <laughs> that's just, that's and, not sustainable. Where do you put, you know, this level one, level two, where do you put digital transformation? Well, digital transformation, first of all, is an amorphous term, right? Because mm. it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Correct. So I tend not to think of this in terms of digital transformation or any other kind. Of, I mean, transformation mm. requires level one and level two to have the level three. Mm. The digital transformation part would go into level three. Okay. The point of the other two is that you're missing the cultural transformation. 
you're missing the ability to encourage people to learn how to work together. Mm. They're not learning how to talk to each other. Mm. Uh, in order to, you know, transformation is fundamentally a creative process. Mm. Creative processes don't lend themselves very well to rote process. You know, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to do this the next day. Mm. And it just doesn't work well that way. So therefore, let me ask you a, a very basic question for my viewers and listeners. At what stage do, does leadership in an organization realize they have to go in for transformation and therefore we need an expert like Ed to be called in? When do they realize it or when should they realize it? When do they? <laughs> Which is when you step in and make them realize it. Well, in our case, we have a we have a challenge because, and this will get later on. I think we're going to talk a little bit about core teams, mm -hmm. but uh, we have a challenge with this because we're typically hired into a deal when we get mm -hmm. into a deal. Correct. If they haven't worked with us before, we get hired in as lawyers, mm -hmm. which is fine because the contract is important. Mm -hmm. But if you think about the work that actually makes the transformation work. Mm -hmm. It's not really about that. It's really about um, it's really about setting up an environment mm. that encourages the kind of collaboration and the kind of give and take that we've been talking about. Mm. And it'll take a little bit of time for people to understand that this is something that we do. Mm. Interesting. So, uh, so you know, we get hired at different times in the process. Mm -hmm. The best time, obviously, is before the RFP or the RFS ever goes out. Because mm -hmm. that's when the level one transformation happens. Mm -hmm. So level one transformation, by the way, is when the internal organization starts to think differently. Mm -hmm. Interesting. The mindset shift. Yeah, yeah, understand. And, uh, you know, you just mentioned a core team. Why is a strong core team important for transformation? Because you have so many people who have been around for maybe a long time, maybe a short time, mm. either way, they have ideas. Mm. And their ideas tend to go well beyond what their swim lanes are. Mm. So the problem is, you know, if, if you get us on a deal, we have an expertise that transcends the legal swim lane. Mm. I know a lot of financial people who know a lot about technology. I know a lot of technologists who have a lot of experience with contracts. Mm. It's very foolish for me not to listen to the technology person when the technology person is telling me something that they know about contracts. Mm -hmm. right? and, it's, and it's really foolish for a leader who is running a rote process that is not going to work mm. not to at least pay attention. When I talk about 25 or 30 years of experience, mm. knowing that, that process they're going to use isn't going to get them the results that they're looking for. Mm. Very interesting. So if, if you put people in swim lanes mm. and you don't treat this as one organism that's kind of contributing. Mm. You're losing a lot of power. Mm. But yet, uh, Ed, one of the things that, you know, when I was running companies and uh, talking about transformation, et cetera, one of the big challenges that I've often faced is that most people, irrespective of management level, like status quo or status quo ante. Yeah. How do you tackle this mindset when you want organizations and leaders to transform? You know, I love that question because um, 
if you really think about what's going on, I mean, the reason that we call our practice transformation enablement mm -hmm. is because we try to go beyond what people typically think of as how they approach these th 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 these processes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that particular question, think about ERP. You've, you've been around as long as I have. Mm -hmm. You remember there was a time when there was not one single ERP implementation that worked. Absolutely. Right? Nobody, it never worked. Mm -hmm. And then somebody said, this is about people, not technology. Mm -hmm. Then a whole cottage industry sprung up around that. Mm -hmm. But they still approach it as a either technology first or a top-down approach to making transformation. You know, organizational change management is an industry that, you know, no matter how much organizational change management you seem to throw into something, mm -hmm. when it fails, people still say it was the people, not the technology. <laughs> You're right. right? So, and and you know, you couldn't have this high of failure rate if this stuff actually worked. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things that we've learned is being in the trenches on a day-to-day -day basis, working these processes, mm -hmm. working these deals, watching people struggle with adoption. Mm -hmm. What you learn is that you can't convince anybody of anything. Mm -hmm. What you have to do is you have to show them. Mm -hmm. So what tends to drive these changes is developing small minorities mm -hmm. i'm sorry small majorities of mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. and it can be two people in a three-person group it can be mm -hmm. five per, you know five people in a seven person group mm -hmm. but the idea is to get like-minded people and then expand mm -hmm. well said and as, as far as leadership is concerned the problem with the leaders isn't that they don't buy into the transformation Mm -hmm. The problem with leaders is that they don't buy into all the effort that's taken to get to the transformation. Well said. Great response. Thank you. The other thing that I was also fascinated with was, you know, about your dirty pond, dirty swamp pond episodes, which actually turned out to be quite beautiful. Tell me a little right. bit about this and what was the lesson? <laughs> so it's funny with COVID. Um, I've lived in the same place for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I never knew what was here, right? Because every Monday morning I would get into a, uh, I would get onto a train, go into the city, come home, and, and do the same thing the next day. Mm. When COVID hit, I started hiking. Mm. So I actually downloaded a map and I saw this this pond called Dirty Swamp Pond. Mm. So just out of curiosity, I hiked out to you know Dirty Swamp Pond just to see what it looked like. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I started, you know, I tend to think. The message that I have going out right now is not an easy message for people mm. to grasp. Mm. So I'm trying to find various ways that I can communicate this. So the very first Dirty Swamp video was the one where I downloaded the app and I went to the swamp and I walked through this path and all of a sudden I'm looking at this beautiful swamp, right? And it occurred to me that a lot of times people don't appreciate how beautiful the thing they can do is because they get so attached to the label. If anybody told you tomorrow, I've got I've got really bad news for you, right? Mm. You're going to be put on the next outsourcing project that the firm is that that the company is working on. You may sit there and go, oh no. And it, but the thing is, is that it's because the label has a connotation associated mm. with it. Mm. If this can actually be a great process, it can be it can be eye-opening if you have the right partner, it can be very fulfilling. So I thought to myself, this, this is a great metaphor. Mm. If I just went by the by the name dirty swamp i might never come here mm. right but if you can have an open mind to the process and you can have an open mind to where your destination is mm. 
you may be very surprised at what it looks like when you actually get there. Mm. Then I did a Dirty Swamp video. That was a Halloween special. I don't know if you watched that one. but no, um, I missed that. <laughs> so that one is a metaphor for the whole process. Okay. Right. So that one starts with somebody calling me up and, and basically saying they want me to take notes. Mm -hmm. And I'm going out of my mind because I'm like, I've been to Dirty Swamp a thousand times. How come they're not interested in how to get there? Mm -hmm. He keeps on telling me, I don't want to hear what you have to say about how to get to Dirty Swamp mm -hmm. or what it can look like when I get there. Just take your notes. Mm -hmm. So this is the whole like being trapped in a swim lane. And then what winds up happening is he he hires this monster who's mm -hmm. his consultant who takes him on this journey that's just horrific. Mm -hmm. And what happens is all these experiences that they get end up living in the swamp. So by the time they get to the swamp, which is obviously a metaphor for the deal and the relationships that they've formed, mm -hmm. they have all this baggage there that comes back to haunt them. And mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so this whole dirty swamp thing is, is oh, just a lot of fun. You know, I, I, yeah. Fascinating. And, you know, there are so many interesting lessons that you can draw from this when you talk about dirty swamp pond and transformation, I'm sure. But uh, moving on, I'd like to talk to you about technology. You know, most organizations and most older leaders, if I can use that term, are struggling with this amazing concept of technology in their organizations. And this technology is forcing people to transform or change. What are your perspectives on how is technology changing transformation? So this is a, this is another in, really interesting question because I think that first of all people need to people need to step back. Okay, there's there are industries that are around right now that are designed to make you panic. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like fast food is engineered to make you crave unhealthy things. Mm -hmm. Industries do this, right? Um, you know, there are consultants who are, are change consultants and they want you to feel this anxiety. There are, there are people who are constantly pushing you. You have to transform. If you, if you don't transform, you're dead. Do you know how, how many times we'll get on a deal mm -hmm. and people are so rushed to get where they're going because they've got this pressure to transform mm -hmm. that they never really thought about what it is they're transforming into. Mm -hmm. They never stopped. I have, I have this, you know, video, I'm a pilot and mm -hmm. One of the things that they always tell a pilot is when you get into an emergency situation, mm -hmm. the first thing you should always do is wind your watch. Correct. Right. Just basically sit there, take a step back, wind your watch and think about the process you're supposed to follow. Mm -hmm. And you'll get into these, you'll get into these ecosystems, these transformational ecosystems mm -hmm. where people are sitting there and they're unbelievably uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And like to the point where, they're very, very upset. I mean, very despondent almost. They feel helpless. And they're like, I don't understand this. I've been doing this for 25 years. I've never felt this way before. And I'll say to them, is anybody listening to you? Or do they just put you into a dinosaur category? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the advisor doesn't care what I have to say. The company doesn't care what I say. I say, I care what you have to say. What are you worried about? Right. Well, I'm worried that if we do this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess up our security. Mm -hmm. is going to put our clients at risk. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, we should talk about this because if you've been doing this for the amount of time you've been doing it and you're feeling this, there may very well be a reason why you're feeling this. Let's stop. Mm -hmm. Let's wind our watch. Right. Let's listen to what this guy has to say. Mm -hmm. 
And let's, let's not shut people down because they may not be going along with the band. This is the Aberdeen paradox, right? You've heard of the Aberdeen paradox yep. where, mm -hmm. you know, nobody ever wanted to go to Aberdeen. Mm -hmm. But somebody said, somebody thought that somebody else wanted to go to Aberdeen and they're like, all right, I'll go. And then everybody thought that person wanted to go to Aberdeen. So everybody starts doing this Aberdeen thing. They come back from Aberdeen. They're like, how was it? They're like, it's terrible. Well, why did we go? I have no idea. <laughs> You know, and 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 we see that a lot. Yeah. So I think the technology is interesting. I think the the more interesting thing is that um, is what it's doing to the people. Mm. Well said. So I have time for two more questions for you. Uh, my next question is on culture. Uh, and you mentioned that you do a lot of work with Indian companies uh, or Indian organizations. And therefore, you know, I'm just assuming you work with many companies across the whole world. How does culture impact transformation? I mean, why I'm asking you this question is there are, uh, you know, very traditional companies in say the Far East or the or in India or something, where you've got old systems, processes, and 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 values and thoughts. There are on the other side in in the U.S. very very young companies which are turning around very quickly. How does culture impact transformation? Excuse me a second. I just well, first of all, it's changing. Mm -hmm. When we first started working with Indian companies, and and by the way, I'm always on the customer side of this. Mm -hmm. So when I work with Indian companies, it's the Indian companies as vendors. Correct. As, so they're they're the transformation partners. They're not the company that's transforming. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are a couple of things about the cultural aspects that I think are interesting. In the early days, the Indian companies tended to have a culture of agreement, mm -hmm. you know, and what's, and, and it was basically labor arbitrage. Right. So, you know, what's happening now, though, of course, is that Indian companies are becoming more of a transformation agent than they used to be. Mm -hmm. People are looking for the Indian companies to, um, to lead, mm. right? If, if you did deals, you know, when when TCS and Wipro and, and those companies first came into the United States, mm. no one was looking for leadership. Mm. They were looking for labor arbitrage. So first of all, we're seeing a cultural change within the Indian companies themselves because mm. they're moving more to a thought leadership mm. position than they are just labor. Mm. On the on the day to day level, one of the interesting aspects of any cultural mm -hmm. you know difference is it can be difficult sometimes for people to understand when they have true agreement right. on things. Mm -hmm. So they'll sit and talk and they will agree to something, but they never had the agreement that they thought they had. Mm. You actually had is you had a, a, a customer, for example, who wants to tell you everything that they know about the thing that you're supposed to know about. Mm -hmm. And then you say, sure. Well, they think they won this 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 thing and, and 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 they didn't because you never got the opportunity to flesh out what it was you were actually talking about. Mm -hmm. So so I think one of the one of the interesting things is where people get their dopamine from. Mm -hmm. You know, where do they, they get that rush of excitement? Correct. Correct. And one of the things that we do <clears throat> is we help people to figure out where that should be. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we have a customer who's extremely aggressive. We'll teach them how to tone it down a bit mm. so that the other side has the opportunity to shine. Mm. And this isn't just between cultures. This is between 
uh, you know, people who tend to have more of a domineering personality and people who have less of a domineering personality. Mm. You see this in, in gender sometimes where men constantly shut down women. You know, and one of the things that's important in these kinds of deals is that everybody gets their voice. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of experience in there that can get shut down mm-hmm. if you allow people to be overbearing on the other one. Mm-hmm. Well said. And my last question to Ed, and this is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your amazing understanding of transformation and all the vast experience that you have, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away when people are thinking or looking at transformation? So the first lesson I think is you have to get used to living in, a, in, in an environment that has conflict in it. Right. Transformation doesn't happen if you're just doing the same thing. Yeah. So you're always going to be in some conflict. Hmm. So you need to learn how to deal with conflict yeah. in a way that doesn't, that doesn't hurt you. Mm. You know, we talk about this thing, uh, the observer's mind. Right. You have to, learn to develop an observer's mind. So when this conflict happens, mm. it constantly, you don't feel like you're under attack all the time. Right. You can't get anywhere that way. Well said. The, the second lesson I think that is important is to, is to, um, is to remember that you don't have to change everybody's mind at once. Mm. When you're looking for adoption, it's getting small majorities and and then connecting them. Mm. That that really drives it. It's very, very hard to do this by by pushing people. You you never convince somebody by by pushing your ideas on them. You convince people by pulling it out of them, not by pushing it. Then the the third thing, I think people need to really think about the tradition of failure mm. that we have in this space mm. and not fall back on what they're comfortable with mm. it's very comfortable to hire a certain type of consultant mm-hmm. right mm. it's very comfortable to take your rfs process and outsource mm. it to somebody mm. you don't want to do that you need to go through the work that's required so that you have a fundamental understanding of your company the culture when they're put under pressure like this, how mm. they're going to react. This all happens as part of the process. You can't outsource that. Mm. What, what you, you need to have people who can help you through that, not people who do it for you. Well said, well said. And on that note, Ed, uh, and your three lessons, we live in an environment that has conflict and we have to learn to live with uh, this conflict. Second, you said was, we don't have to change everyone at once. I would, and what I took take away from that is, build and develop bite-sized milestones and transformation is a process not something that you throw a light switch and it changes tomorrow and the third one you said is do what is not comfortable be comfortable with failure and be and get people who you think will be able to support you thank you for talking to me about your own journey thank you for talking to me about transformation at such great length about so many different aspects of transformation thank you also for talking to me about your dirty swamp pond uh, discoveries and uh, you know your videos and I encourage uh, my viewers and listeners to go and check out the Dirty Swamp Pond uh, videos of Ed Hansen. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom 
of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.